We all have potential to be great. Some of us get disappointed or dejected by the hurdles or failures we encounter on the way and give up on our dreams. This is the podcast about resilience, go-getter attitude, and motivational stories of people who persisted in the face of difficulties and ultimately triumphed in their life. Come along with me, Alok, on this journey and weave your own success story and go beyond. Friends, I'm in conversation with Ayushi today. She is a teenager from today's world who looks at the world very differently from what most of our others look at. And I would like to hear from her. Maybe we can start with her introduction and then we can hear from her point of view how the world is different from what some of us see at. So Ayushi, if you could introduce yourself to our audience, please. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Ayushi. I'm 16 years old and I am a current 11th grade student studying English, history and psychology. Uh, my hobbies include dancing or reading and I hope to have fun in today's conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Ayushi. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on this particular podcast. Uh, so Ayushi, you're 16 years old. Yes. Uh, where did you spend most of your childhood? I have spent my childhood all over India, but most of it was in Pune, Maharashtra. So I grew up in Maharashtra. And uh, what are the memories that you have from your childhood? I have very specific memories, but most of them come from the celebrations that were uh, celebrated in Maharashtra. So if it was Ganesha Turti, if it was my teacher speaking in Marathi, the Lavani dance or Modak or Vada Pao is mm-hmm. what I remember mostly from my childhood. So Lavani dance, Modak, Vada Pao and, and, and uh, just for the sake of our audience understanding, where, where do you live currently? I live in Hyderabad, Telangana right now. Oh, you live in Hyderabad, Telangana and you spent most of your early childhood in Pune, Maharashtra. Yes. What, what's the difference that you find between these two cities? I see no difference except for the language that is spoken and the culture. Except for the cultural differences, the people are the same. Their attitude is the same. Because in the end, I feel all Indians have that welcoming attitude. So that did not change. Except for the language, mm-hmm. it feels just as much as home as Pune does. You made a comment. You said all Indians have a welcoming attitude. Hmm. How do you feel being an Indian? I love being an Indian. I love being a part of the community of this community that accepts each other's differences, that lives with these many languages and these many cultures and chooses to accept and acknowledge and live every single one of them. I'm honored. And and you said that these many languages and these many cultures. Now, India is a country which probably has maybe more than 250 languages and, and so many different ways of living, different cultures. Whereas most of the world that you see outside India, they would probably have the same language and the same culture across the length and breadth of the organization. Or sorry, length and breadth of the country. Now, how do you see India in in the backdrop of the countries that have the same language, same culture? And here in India, we have so many different languages and different cultures. Do you find a conflict there? 
there is always conflict but if we choose to view it as a positive instead of a negative we can be the role model for the world we have more diversity than any other country in the world if we choose to make positive use of it if we choose to enhance and highlight every single culture that we have except uh, instead of only highlighting the majority we stand to be the world's the world the country the world looks up to we stand do we possess the uh, we possess the people the humans the stories that they have they differ based on their culture their identity where they've grown up and if we make use of that we would be unstoppable compared to other countries right you you talked about the fact that you spent your childhood in pune now you're living in hyderabad uh, have you been to other parts of the country and what have been your experiences i have i have been to all i would say i've been to north west and south i've been to most parts of the country except for a few main states and i feel that i i have never not felt indian the mm-hmm. indian vibe that you get is constant throughout the country whichever direction you go i have always felt welcomed i have always felt appreciated i have always felt at home at peace wherever i've been in india mm-hmm. now most of the country that you see you know probably would have uh, the same geographical features same linguistic features same cultural features uh do you feel anything different in perspective uh, when we talk about india as a country right so india has various uh, features so there's mountains beaches plains plateaus we've all learned this in geography class but we've just learned about it and if you don't go and explore it you will not be able to see the beauty of it in this year itself i have been to a mainly beach area and a mainly mountainous area and i've seen locals who have lived there live there and how differently they live from me who lives in a metropolitan state on a plateau life is very different but they still manage and you have to see that's how humans learn from each other when you go to different places when you see the diversity you learn from them you learn how to adapt to these situations and that's what we should do so we should that's interesting you talk about diversity and you talked about the beaches and the mountains just for the sake of our audience can you talk about what are the places you have been to and what different did you see right so i would give an example i went to darjeeling a few days ago and life there is very different from what life is like in hyderabad in hyderabad you have straight long roads and uh, very limited trees and it's just buildings and buildings and buildings but in darjeeling it felt very small it felt connected it felt like everyone knew each other everyone smiled at each other because maybe it was a small place everyone felt like a huge family mm-hmm. and everyone felt like there as a tourist i did not feel like a tourist i felt like i was accepted i felt like it was home and even if it's in a mountainous area even when the roads are not as straight as let's say a metropolitan area the street vendors the locals they were all very accepting very fun to talk to and it was yeah so even when the topography is different that doesn't mean the people change right that that's very interesting to hear from you so uh, and you also talked about lavni uh, you know uh, now in your childhood what were some of the hobbies that you had and do you still continue with them or have they changed over a period of time so i used to dance and i still dance but in my childhood i used to do bharatnatyam which i don't do anymore i also used to read a lot and i still read i'm glad to say that 
So those are my two main hobbies and I still do them. How do you think these hobbies, dancing and reading, have impacted or shaped your personality? They add sides of me that people won't know about when they first talk to me. Dancing gives me a second personality, but it also lets me show myself in my own. I feel at home when I am on the stage dancing. I feel at home when I am dancing, period. It feels natural. I feel at home when I'm reading a book, uh, if it's fiction, if it's non-fiction, if it's any sort of text that I'm holding in my hand, I feel at home. So it has given me this sort of comfort zone. I love stepping out. I love doing things I'm not comfortable with. But it's sort of like something that there is always to fall back on to make you happy. And I feel like everyone should always have that. Everyone should have two hobbies at, or two safe places where they can go to again and again to feel happy. And to get in That's interesting. You refer to hobbies as the safe places where everyone can go to. Uh, is that is that something common among your generation, or uh, do uh, people have uh, hobbies the way you have? How do you see yourself? Are you an exception, or are you a representative of your generation? I'd say I represent my generation to an extent. I feel everyone around me as a teenager has something they like to do in their free time that comforts them in a way. So if it's guitar playing, singing the songs, writing poetry, talking, recording podcasts, watching TV, all of this, uh, acting, it's different for everyone. So, but in the end, what combine, what is common in between all of these is the fact that it comforts you. It is there for you. It is what you fall back on when you feel like you need to do something with your time. Mm-hmm. But it is also what makes you happy. It is what you would not have second thoughts about doing. Mm-hmm. And that is what hobbies are for most of my generation. And and you refer to hobbies as something you fall back upon or something that you go to when you want to feel happy. As a 16-year-old, uh, do you find there are reasons to be unhappy? There are. There are so many reasons to be unhappy, especially during COVID. You, many people, many people my age, they were... Cut the contacts were cut with everyone, with friends outside. You were not able to meet or see or physically touch anyone your age for a solid two years, and that was hard on many, many people. Uh, as an extrovert, I felt impacted. My friends they drifted away, and I didn't know what to do to get them back. It was hard maintaining contact over text and calls, and that's it. So there's a, as a distraction, many people chose to do their hobbies. Many people got better at their hobbies, and yeah. That is one example. So you are of the opinion that most of your friends and most of uh, the adolescent in your age group, they have the hobbies and uh, they joyfully persist with that, continue with that. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, you also talked about COVID and the fact that you were confined and you were not able to meet your friends. How do you look at COVID? Now, this is something which has happened for the first time in many, many hundred years, perhaps. How does your generation look at COVID? My generation, initially, we all thought, oh my God, we have a holiday for 14 days. Thank God. And then 14 days became a month, two months, three months, one year, two years. And at that point, we were sick of it. We are done. We feel, especially my generation, my age, we feel like our years are being snatched from us. Because as teenagers, we believe it is our time to go out and have fun. And 
we are not kids anymore so we don't need to be babied but we are also not in the adult stage where we need we have responsibilities and a lot of them we're in that fun stage where we just want to go out and have fun and be carefree and also learn and make mistakes and there's not much you can do at home you can't really make mistakes at home you can't really learn at home and that's why people move that's why people explore and once that were once that was snatched from us we felt like a part of our it was stunting our growth we want to go out we want to talk to people and that's what covid did for us but also now looking in retrospect it made us all without this experience it made us all better people we would go and we would tell our kids that we survived this pandemic we survived that surround us with a happy face we survived using our skills and we survived and we are proof that humans can do a lot as a species that's that's very interesting you know i i really appreciate the attitude that you have and the resilience that you talk about uh and the fact that you despite the challenging situations the coming out of the covid pandemic you have been able to derive some lessons from it uh the question that i want to ask you ayushi is how do you look at covid what are the lessons that your generation can take from this pandemic because tomorrow couple of years down the line maybe 10 years down the line you will be uh the generation that would be responsible for driving many things in across the world you know you will you will be earning for yourself you will be earning for your family you will be taking decisions for the world how how you want to run the world and this memory is going to last so what are the lessons that your generation is taking from this covid situation the lesson mainly would be that communication is important is very very important especially in times where you cannot actively meet someone you need to stay connected humans it is even scientifically proven that humans need to talk to other humans to stay alive you cannot survive isolated you cannot thrive isolated and so the biggest lesson would be to stay in touch make efforts to stay in touch with people make efforts to stay in touch with people you have lost contact with make efforts to make contacts with new people because in the end it is coexistence and it is communication and it is codependency that that is what drives us as humans and a pandemic should not be enough to stop that mm-hmm. so that was one of the main lessons that communication is key and we learned how to do that over this time period you you talked about coexistence and communications when you look when your generation and you as the representative of your generation look at the world around you you know and and have that global perspective what do you think about the current world what is your view about the global situations uh, do you think of the other countries do you think of the life uh, the quality of life uh, that is prevalent in other parts of the country do you find it different from india uh, how do you look at the world across the world we look at it pretty similarly so we always say that grass is greener on the other side but we're trying to find which grass is greener and which grass isn't and sometimes grass really isn't greener on the other side we have heard throughout this year what you see happening in belarus what you see happening in ethiopia what you see happening in yemen in afghanistan the world has been plagued with glass grass that is not that green but 
as teenagers as the future generation we need to look at these problem areas more specifically than areas that are doing well because it is these areas that will eventually be that are already our concern that we should be taking steps towards solving that we should firstly be aware about so as teenagers what i think is what when we look at other countries we also think oh it would be fun to live here it would be fun to move here because we have free healthcare or because they have housing costs uh, lesser or because the, the cost of like the where people live is better but also apart from that as teenagers we are concerned about the world we are concerned about different countries and while you might think it should not matter to us because we are not the ones being affected it does matter to us we are deeply affected by what is going on in different countries and because of the connections that we have because as teenagers as myself i have friends all over the world online and i have been hearing about their stories and therefore i am affected by what is going on in different countries and that is why we need to look at the bigger picture we need to look outside of our own country you you talked about having friends across the world and you talked about the fact that you have been hearing their stories can you share some of the examples what are the kind of stories that you hear from uh, students uh, your age across the world so i have two friends in myanmar and uh, i met them online through when i was applying and uh, yeah so i met uh, them online and they were recently because of the military coup they told that they did not have internet for months they did not have connection for months they told they heard the sound of beating in the streets and they heard and they saw blood and it must have been traumatizing for them and i could not do anything to help them except for be there and give them moral support when they do come online and tell them that it will be okay but it was terrifying to hear it from a first person point of view from a non news perspective and not even myanmar even in our own country i have a friend from kashmir who was telling me about how life is like in this debated area and the fact that two countries are fighting over a place without thinking about the citizens that live there it's quite sad honestly but then this is what should happen this is when you should always listen to stories told by locals so locals are your first source of information and the more locals speak out the more it would be good for the like it would be better for the world because it is their stories that you know it should be not tainted the way it is tainted by the news and by propaganda and by different countries in pakistan and india you will see different opinions on kashmir but what matters most is the voice of these kashmiris what matters most is the voice of these people in myanmar not the voices of the great powers of the world it is their voices that matter most even right now when we talk about afghanistan we talk about us intervention we talk about the great powers but what matters most is the lives of these afghanistani people the individual lives that are not being talked about and that needs to be talked about more right uh, so you talked about kashmir and uh, i specifically like the idea that you say that the source of information should be from the locals uh, and you talked about myanmar and the military coup you talked about afghanistan you also referred to belarus these are some of the political situations that we see across the world the strifes happening in different parts of the world how does your generation look at these are these the most important challenges that you look at or that you think uh, are there in your life or there are some other challenges as well in the current generation the people your age see we 
I cannot speak for all of the teenagers, but for most of them, these are only, unfortunately, these are only secondary challenges because we are not facing them ourselves. What we face individually as teenagers come first, whatever we are battling in our daily lives, if it's school or if it's work or if it's managing school and work, if it's trying to make friends, these individual challenges are usually what's in the front, like in front of our head. And however, we do deeply care about all these global issues. We do care about them a lot. It's just that for a teenager, it's hard to think what one, what one of me, what I can do alone to help this. And so there's, there's this state of like resignation because what can one teenager do alone to fix these global issues? Right. So what are, give me some more examples. What are some of the biggest challenges that people of your generation are facing currently? There is depression, there is anxiety because of the isolation. There's the fact that uh, you are failed. There's a lot of mental health problems that come with the shift from offline to online and online to offline. There's uh, gaps in education. There's a lack of communication, which I feel uh, this might make me privileged, but these are the most like, these are the most prominent problems that we face but for some people my age they don't have an education they don't have to worry about the gap of education when they don't even get an education so it differs from people to people from the economic status and the stat- the status of the family of the teenager that they are in in general and i feel very very grateful to have had in online education but i have i know of people my age that have had to deal with two years of no education whatsoever so it is different for, for from teenager to teenager, the problems and the obstacles will be different. You, you refer to depression and, and anxiety. How prevalent is that as, as a phenomenon in, in your generation? Depression and anxiety. It is quite prevalent. But since I, I, do, I have not been through anything... I don't feel qualified enough to talk about it, but it is very prevalent as we learn about it in psychology class as we see it around us. And most of it comes from teenagers not being heard. They need to be heard and they need to be treated as a teenager. It's not an adult or a kid. Teenagers are a separate section that deserve to be heard, that deserve to talk about their emotions and talk about how they feel. And once they start bottling it up, that is where the depression comes in. Right. And, and you said that they need to be heard and they deserve to be heard. Heard by who? Heard by people around them. Heard by their parents, their teachers. They want their voices and opinions and dreams to be valid. So, in, especially in India, we see this trend of STEM majors being chosen over art majors or non-STEM majors. And what that is doing is there is a scientific relation between the pressure that is put on the, on the teenager by the parents and the depression that occurs, the depression rates. So if a teenager, if a child has dreams as parents or as teachers or as someone related to this teenager, the best you can do is to support this teenager. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to impose your ideas upon them because that is nullifying their voice and that is where the problem starts. And... How do you think the teachers and and the parents and the elders in general are currently reacting to or responding to the needs that your generation has? So it currently I feel that there is change, there is growth. 
teenagers uh, these days are opening up to their parents parents are talking parents are listening but it was not always like that and before this we started to actively talking about mental health which is only very recently only the, in these past 4 5 years have we started talking about it before it teenagers were not heard parents were imposing their ideas upon them and you can't even blame the parents because these ideas were imposed upon them by their by their parents so we need to be the people to break this sort of change and we need to for development it is essential for own ideas and if you start if you keep imposing your own ideas from previous generations you will never see change interesting what is the change that you would like to see from your parents teachers and elders in general i would say talk there's usually a lot that goes unsaid between children and between adults and the best thing that especially what i think adults should do is they should take the first step because they are adults and they should take the first step and they should talk to their child or to their teenager or to their student they should find out what their dreams are and they should actively communicate communicate and they should the teenager should feel safe enough to ask these adults for help because that's how they'll grow how can the elders make the teenagers feel safe be there for them if they're crying be there for them if they have a problem hear them out don't nullify their voices don't tell them this happened because of you that did not that is not helping be there for them give them support be on their side listen to them listen to their opinions when they if you have two opinions if let's say someone complains about your child to you and you believe them that's it that's the final thing and you don't hear your own child out they will not feel safe with you so you need to hear your own child out first before you hear anyone else because that's where trust starts that that's a very good point that's a very good point right so ayushi also tell me uh, we talked about the challenges we talked about what are the changes that we want to see uh, in the elders what are some of the opportunities uh, that you see in front of you or that your friends in your age group see in front of them where would you like your future to be i'm sorry what do you mean so by think think about this i know and and i would do not want to ask a cliche question that what do you want to be when you grow up whether you want to be a scientist or a doctor or engineer or whatever but i want to see what is the kind of future that you that you see in your age group what is the kind of world that you envision is that world different from the world that you see currently it is different like call us childish but we see flying cars and we see travel to mars and we see the same dreams that your generation might have had because but we see it clearer we see it in our near future because we have seen the technological growth happening we have seen trains becoming faster and airplanes becoming better and cars becoming electronic and we believe that this will happen and in the near future in 10 20 years we see the world as this technological giant and this unstoppable uh, source of energy and we are excited for it but we also see the impact that it is having on our nature we see the global warming and we see it all and we don't think about it much but we see our countries drowning we see our cities dying and we it's always a debate between choosing to do better and choosing to stop for the sake and for the health of your own home and it's always a debate for our generation because 
as everyone has predicted as science has said it is our generation that's going to face the brunt of it not the generations that have gone by not the generations that are going to come but our generation in the next 20 to 30 years when we are adults we have to face the impacts of global warming and uh, but also the technological growth that comes with it do you as a teenager and your friends uh, as teenagers do you guys think a lot about some of these challenges occasionally sometimes it when it comes up when it becomes a big issue in the news when the glacier is melting it hits us oh my god the world is dying and that's when we start thinking about it <laughs> what are some of the career choices that people of your generation are thinking about most common these days around me would be ai so many of my friends want to do computer science which is uh, valid because the world is eventually turning into a very computer based a digital it's a digital world and it gives you job opportunities but it's also fun seeing how the world will develop and it's fun being a part of it so many of my the friends around me they choose to be computer science or computer science majors or engineers and another common stream would be doctor scientists engineers all the common streams but what you see is people stepping out of these sort of boxes of employment that have been planted so i want to do something with english i want to be a writer uh, i have seen people wanting to be journalists i have seen people wanting to be dancers one guy in my class wants to be a translator which as if you think about it with ai coming in it, you might think it does not have a lot uh, like a lot, uh, you might think it does not have a future but what if this friend who wants to be a translator goes and works for this computer company and helps them with the translation device there's always a future there's always a way for you to fit in and that's how you you work that it, it has been a pleasure talking to you and i want to ask you one more question so you are a teenager and and there are certain expectations that you have from your elders from your teachers from your parents and then there is a generation that is coming after you yes they are they are maybe toddlers right now they are uh, uh, very young 8 years 10 years old what is the kind of advice that you would like to give them what is it that they should be aware of right now so that by the time they are your age they are able to see the world better and deal with the world better i would say be bold that's it be unabashedly yourself and while everyone says that you need to have a filter in your ear that tunes out every other voice except for you because that is what matters the most once you start seeing yourself as the most important person in your life that's what matters the most and it took me a lot of time to learn this but it is my voice that matters the most in my opinions and for every single child in the next generation that is what they should think they should not care about others opinions before their own opinions right so your message to them is that be unabashedly bold Yes. And and that's quite a statement. That's yes. a quite a statement, Ayushi. <laughs> Thank you very much uh, for your time. It has been a pleasure talking to you, and I wish you all the best. And I hope that the elders, your teachers, your parents are listening to it, and they provide you the kind of safe atmosphere that you are wishing for. And I wish you all the best for your life and future. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for having me.